I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. And welcome to Minute 64 of Season 6 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today are Justin and Caroline from the old movie Time Machine. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hey, Rob. Thank you so much for having us back yet again. Here we are. Yeah. It feels like it's been like weeks since we've talked, something like that. You know, even though like it, was, it was just yesterday. Yesterday. I know. I it's know. like one of those things. I've, I've missed you, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, minute 64 begins with Bert and Ernie continuing to serenade the couple and ends with uh, Martini acting quite proud. So, we, we ended things yesterday with, you know, George thoroughly being surprised by this uh, very nice and unexpected. Uh, honeymoon or wedding night in this, uh, you know, the old Granville uh, house. And, you know, Mary did what she can to make it as romantic as possible, even by getting Ernie and Bert to serenade them, which uh, Jim Henson will be very proud of. <laughs> he really would be. I mean, they, these are good <laughs> friends. They're trying to get their guy lucky right now and they're standing out in the rain to do it like they didn't even wait in the hallway or in the foyer entrance way or anything like that they're just out in the, the elements singing. that's right that's right it's bold. and they're 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 mm-hmm. serenading actually quite nicely the way that they they're doing it oh yeah lovely harmonies very nice yeah i mean you you know who the, who who the actor is who plays bert right because bert's a very famous singer, so. actor bert, oh, bert is I, it's no. ward bond ward bond from okay, like where Wagon Train, and he's he was known for for being in a lot of uh, uh, I think Howard Hawks movies. He he was in a lot of westerns. Let's put it that way. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, he's one of those guys. All right, then I've seen yeah, him around. He was he was sure. he was a good yeah. friend of John Wayne's. He's in a lot of John Wayne movies. Okay. Okay, then definitely definitely seen him around. Yeah, and Ernie Ernie was played by uh, Frank Phelan, who was. Uh, you know, another another guy who he has like 224 IMDb credits. So he he also right. He he's been in a few movies here and there, or movies and TV shows. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. just to compare with with what Ward Bond does, Ward Bond has 278, and he was on 133 episodes of Wagon Drain. So right. You know, <laughs> he, I mean, this was a very prolific it, era. I'm I'm assuming that that based on you know the fact that you guys deal with old movies you probably are familiar with this that you know a lot of the the actors and actresses at the time were 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 basically jumping during the day between different sets and being in so many different uh you know uh, movies tv shows whatever it is you know and they would have to keep constantly keep changing you know changing wardrobe and changing uh, their personas because it's here you know sometimes you might be in a western sometimes you could be in a 
uh, I guess you can call this a contemporary movie at the time, uh, you know, just jumping back and forth. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's just amazing. I, I'm, I'm sure that you see this. Yeah, I'm sure you see this as well, just doing your research and everything. But I've certainly noticed researching, you know, roles, actors in our movies that we watch from the 40s, 50s and 60s that I mean, some of the, there's a generation of actors who have this incredible career arc starting in vaudeville and mm-hmm. like the stage like right. pre-film. And then they do, yeah, like you say, 500 different films and then television starts and then they end up becoming they sort of like age out of the industry through te- by like guest starring in every television show that ever airs like right. there's so many of those people and and those of them that survived in the 1970s were on like uh um they were on like tons of of TV shows as guest stars you know in order yeah. to oh Starsky and Hutch and Love America Love Boat and, you know of course and yeah. I mean, tell me, Streets uh, of San Francisco a friend of the show uh, Jim O'Kane always talks about the fact that uh, that they that in the 70s in order to be able to get like uh, I think it was old age insurance or something like that you know they had to <laughs> appear in a certain number of of capacities uh, okay. during the course of the year stuff like that he okay. he's a big fan of the airplane uh, sorry the airport series so he oh would, okay sure right so there you just got tons of cameos from people including jimmy stewart you know who just have not much to do in the movie but you know okay they get their paycheck and then they can uh you know <laughs> their 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 bills will continue to be paid <laughs> exactly and it pays off for the show too my favorite collection of cameo guest stars is murder she wrote like every oh, episode sure. of every season of Murder Hero has somebody in it where you're like, oh, it's that guy. I love that guy. Right. My problem with, or, with or gal or whatever. right. My my problem with guest stars in those type of shows is that usually they're the they're they're the murderer. So you already know from the start that that's the murderer. It's like, right. oh, here's Dick <laughs> yeah. Van Dyke. He must be the murderer. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I you, you see that on Law and Order also. The murderer. Yeah. Right. Now yeah, Law and Order, oh, you sure. find that also quite often. Yep. You know, you see people and you're like, oh, I, okay, there's the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to just take on a little little role. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're joining the main cast, but I think they might be integral to the story we're about to watch. That's yeah. right. I mean, a friend of mine uh, got me recently interested in watching all of the Columbo. Yeah, so so I've seen all I think it was seventy something uh, Columbo movies in the last few months, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what's wow. what's great about that is that you find out in the first scene that this guest star is the murderer. So it's not even it doesn't come yes. as a surprise. The surprise in that show is how does Columbo figure it out? You know that that's exactly what yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that was that was always fun to to watch with that. That show's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm really proud is. of you for for watching the entire thing recently. Good for you. Yeah, yeah I, I spent best. November and December uh, going through just about every one of them in order. Okay, great. So yeah, it was, it was <laughs> anyone who's interested can go onto my website and you can see reviews of every single one of them. You know, so. Oh, I will definitely be doing that for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Love Columbo. <laughs> so basically, we have Ernie and Bert, and and it's great that you see when they're serenading. You just see the silhouette of of uh, George and Mary in the the I guess uh, postered up uh, windows. You know, it's not even. Yes, very. Mm-hmm. Right. Artfully, artfully framed. Yes. Um, very romantic very scene. Moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but yes. the, the rain that's falling on the two of them does not look real at all because it, it's falling too straight on their hat, on their hats. <laughs> <laughs> There's it, no other weather happening. It's just gravity and water. That's right. That's right. It, mm-hmm. it, it seems as if somebody's on top just pouring water down. 
Yeah. It seems miserable out there. I, I don't know. These guys, they're they're really doing their friend a, a, a real solid here, I think, yeah. because that is not pleasant, pleasant to see. That's right. And, and we, we find out through the course of the movie that they're both married. So, you know, that, uh, you know, it shows that they're, that, that they want for their friend what, what they apparently have. You know, even right. though their wives right. are probably both going to be very upset that they're coming home, you know, and about to get, uh, uh, you know, get the pneumonia. <laughs> pneumonia. Yeah. Right. Well, they, I'm sure they all understand. I'm sure somebody else has, uh, you know, back in the day, somebody summoned local law enforcement to tape up posters over their windows to of their their love shack. So I'm sure they've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah, We've all sure. taped up posters for our friends, love affairs. Yes, yeah. of course. Especially about liver bills. Yeah. Yes. And tires. Don't forget the tires. Of course. How can you forget the tires? And then then the the shot goes inside and we actually get to see George and Mary kissing. Uh, you know, they're 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 quite passionate. And it's a good kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we can see that that we, we know George has had a really difficult day, and this is the perfect response from from his wife who now understand who, who understands what he's been going through basically you know mm-hmm. she's not giving him grief over the fact that where have you been all day right you know it's i'm, I'm glad that you were able to help everyone else and now it's uh, now we're going to find quality time for the two of us you know that type of thing and she's also kind of i i imagine the kiss is a bit of a relief for her because i think you know uh, yesterday we saw her look a little apprehensive about his reaction to the house correct mm-hmm. like correct. She, she seems to be like waiting for his response to oh by the way we live in this house now this right. is ours this is our home right. sort of thing so right. uh, we, we, that's uh, nice we, that's we nice. bought this house from potter yeah yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> we got a good deal from potter <laughs> i uh was gonna say at least george wasn't like oh my god honey this house is gonna require so many renovations <laughs> because he really could have been tabulating um just even fixing the leaks that they have yeah it could have been a total a husband meltdown <laughs> just like what that's have right. you done no <laughs> that's right well, well we'll find out over the next few weeks that it takes her like 12 years to renovate the house so they're doing it little by that's little <laughs> it isn't it right. she didn't she didn't do it overnight you know she no it's yeah. an opportunity it's a beautiful opportunity for them to build their nest yes love to see it that's right. <laughs> and as they're embracing, she she whispers into his ear and goes, "Remember the night that we broke some windows in that in this old house? This is what I was ah, born." Yes. Aww. And I mean, this is great because I mean, we talked about this obviously uh, a few months ago when we were dealing with them breaking the windows in the house, which little did they know that this was going to be their house, and they probably would have broken less windows if that was the case. Uh, but <laughs> that's a fair point. But what uh you know mary refused to tell him at the time what her wish was even though he told her what his wish was his wish was to you know travel the world and whatever and so i I guess the the old saying that if you if you tell your wish it won't come true that's what happened to george (laughs) she didn't tell hers and we all now know that she got what she wanted well you know most women know how to get what they want (laughs) okay that's true that's true. Even if you have to wait, was it five or six years till you get it? Yeah. Six years for, for Mary to wait for, for George to finally realize that, that, that she wants him and she wants this old broken down house, you know. Well, if you think Seriously. about it more than, cause you know that that dream, that wish was happening back when she was a little girl. So longer than even the six years from making the wish. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. She was playing like the long, long game. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's a big that build up true. for George. I mean, it's tough to live up to that kind of pining. I don't uh, think he, I don't think he knows that there was that much pining. No, not at all. He was he's uh, we've talked about this numerous times. He right. is completely clueless. He's oblivious. Yes. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> Yeah. So it's probably for the best. In this case, ignorance is bliss. If if he knew how long she'd been waiting for this moment, he might freak out a little bit. I, I don't know if I can handle that. Uh, well, she's telling him right now that she waited six years. So he's already starting to yeah. understand a little bit. He, you know, as mm-hmm. as Caroline said, he doesn't know the you know the, the half of it because <laughs> right. it goes right. it goes all the way back to when you she whispered in his in his deaf ear. You know, when uh, right. when when he gave her all the coconut that, that she didn't want. That's you know, right. She said, I hate he coconut. Really did, yeah. And he just piled it on. You poured most, it over. Oh, yeah. yeah. Most husbands don't know the half of it. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right. better that way. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Probably. So I, I, I started thinking about the idea of, of wishes. You know, so the 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 official definition of a wish is is it's a hope or desire for something to come true. Okay, it's quite often used in fiction. Uh, it's it's a you know it's a plot device that that's used uh, quite often, uh, sometimes in folklore or fantasy uh, settings. You know, where someone gets to make a wish, or they want their wish to come true or be granted or things like that. Obviously, you know, the first thing that probably comes to everyone's mind when you say that is probably like Aladdin and the genie, you know, like uh, getting, getting wishes and stuff like that. Um, there are a lot of different cultures that have a uh, different basis for, for wishing and stuff like that. So for instance, in, in Chinese tradition, uh, you, they, they would write wishes on red ribbons and tie them onto a tree. Uh, hoping for them to come true. Uh, we're all familiar with the idea of, you know, blowing out candles on a birthday cake. Uh, sometimes course, yeah. shooting, seeing a shooting star, uh, tossing a coin into a wishing well, uh, breaking a wishbone. An eyelash. Eyelash. An eye, if That's you right. catch an eyelash and you blow it off mm-hmm. the finger, That's you right. make a wish. If your uh, necklace clasp gets down to where your pendant is, you're supposed to make a wish when you put it back. Ah, okay. That one I'd never heard of. Okay. Uh, yeah. Blowing on a dandelion, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes the, in in there are some uh, Far East coast cultures that also have the the idea of sky lanterns, where you write write something on a uh, on a piece of paper and then you attach it to a lantern that that uh, you know sort of like a balloon that that uh, just come. Mm-hmm. But most people believe that the wishes will only come true if they're kept a secret from other people. I was just going to say, I mean, there does seem to be a real spectrum of wishery that happens. There's very informal wishing uh, all the way to very formalized. We probably need like a contract in an NDA type of wish, you know, starting from like, I wish the sun would come out today, like a real easy kind of like idle wish and then progressing across to, like you say, the very deep. um, I wish I had a million dollars. Compact that you make. (laughs) With, right, with with your birthday cake, you know, where it's like just you and the cake, the candles on the cake. You guys have this relationship. You share the secret of your deepest desire, and it's very official. And if you break, you know, if you tell anybody, obviously that contract is broken. And you know, the, like you say, Aladdin and the genie, there was a whole bunch of uh, obstacles and things there, rules there that, that had to be followed. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a crazy concept that we've all apparently just endorsed. We're all in on wishes. Yeah. I wish all the time. Yeah, we we all do. Well, I think I'm assuming some, we all do. Yeah, 
there's something to be said for like mm, manifesting and having that positive thought um Mm -hmm. and that you know sometimes you don't want to tell everyone what your your goal is because it's so or your wishes because it's so precious that right right you know um you don't necessarily want it publicly shared because if it doesn't come true it would be devastating so i think that there's that to think about like if you were to reveal it then everyone would know and then they would be like oh well you know Mary and George, you know, Mary's just been after George this whole time, <laughs> right. and, you know, like people would, would have gossip about it instead of it being a, a continuously positive thing. Right. Well, and you're kind of, pl- you're playing the odds too. Like if there's, yeah. a, it's sort of like a deathbed conversion sort of thing. Like if there's a chance that this wish will not manifest, if I tell somebody or, you know, go through the, the procedure the wrong way, then like, I'm, I'm definitely going to follow whatever rules are in place. I will. I will do that if it's going to improve the right. chances of the wish succeeding. Right. Right. That makes sense. Well, mm. a wish is a dream your heart makes when you're. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Disney. Uh, Very well put, though. You should uh, write that down. That's good. That's good. It should be a song. I mean, it's, sung it's by a little yeah. cricket. Yeah, it sounds so, sound something like that. You know, maybe something from 1941 or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or 1940. Mm-hmm. Sorry, 1940. Yeah. 1941 was already dumb. So there you go. Sorry. Right. 1940. Right. 1940. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And and then the he responds to her by just saying you're wonderful. So I I think that's actually a good response for someone who's very clueless. You know. <laughs> you know. It, it really is actually. <laughs> it kind of covers a lot of bases. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I also had the thought since this this was our like section of the movie to really focus on, but I rewatched the whole thing. But I had this thought when he said that is really that like Mary is what makes his life wonderful, and it's a wonderful life. The name of the movie. Yes. The fact that he's looking uh... at her saying, "You're wonderful." Great. Okay. I, I I've actually that's I think you're right 100. percent I've I've heard numerous times you know people that that go back and look at at uh, you know uh, older movies and try to understand you know whether the 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 storyline is um, is unfair to maybe the female side of the story or anything like that. And when they tried doing it for It's a Wonderful Life, they came to the realization that this is one of those movies that is completely the opposite. Without the the, the female, without Mary's input, then this story would not have been as impactful as it is. Even though in some places it's subtle, but but it's 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 very uh, very impactful. Everything that she does, but even if it's done in a subtle subtle way, and this is a perfect example of it. You know, she. She's here on the one hand supporting him, but on the other hand, she's there to help build along with him uh, this this wonderful life. So I, I think you hit it right on the the nose there. So I yes, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. And and then you know as he says that to her, you know we 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 get a shot outside once again of uh, Bert and Ernie continuing to finish their serenade there and just look out at the, the silhouette silhouette of, of the two of them. And it, it's great as they do it because they, they, first they're looking at the silhouette, then they, they at the same time look at each other and Ernie gets, gets the, the urge and he pulls Bert's hat up a little bit above his, his forehead and kisses him on the forehead. And Bert 
doesn't like that as much. <laughs> it's a very and changes uh, Looney Tunes bit of comedy yes. pacing, and it's it's very like honking Elmer Fudd's nose type of humor. Yes. I love it. Yes, but here these are two people that are friends, you know, that are doing right it, as opposed right. to you know the the Looney Tunes humor. The, usually, they're enemies that are doing it to to one another. That's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're making us laugh, but they're not necessarily doing it mm-hmm. in order to be friendly to one another. You know, it's it's right. it's more like a ha ha, I've got you. <laughs> you know, I was able to you know to to touch you and then run away. That type of thing. Right. Here it's more. Right. And and Bert has a great response by just straightening his hat and then pouncing on Ernie's hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we see all the water splash all over yeah. the place when he does it. Mm-hmm. That dead water. That dead weatherless water just <laughs> pouring down yeah. on these poor guys. That's right. Get inside. They're they're getting paid good money to, to be to be rained on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> and then the, the, the shop changes and we're now at it's it's now day, daytime, and we see uh, a man. We don't know who he is. This is the first time we've actually seen him in the movie. And somebody says to him, Martini, you rented a new house? And he goes, rent? And he starts laughing. And he goes, and he turns around and he goes, you hear what you say, Mr. Bailey? And then we see George, and George responds, what's that? He goes, I own the house. So this is a, a great way for, I mean, we'll get more into this tomorrow. This is a great way for us for, for us to, to learn you know, that, that George's business is not just something that's theoretical. We actually get to see how he's affecting other people's lives. You know, again, we only get 10 seconds of it in, yep. the, in this particular minute, but we, we see just from the, the, the expression of this man, Martini, you know, about the fact that he is so happy that he's now able to own his own house. And, you know, we, we see the way that they're packing things up is just great because they're, you know, nowadays when, when, when anyone moves, you know, you get movers and you get, uh, you know, you put boxes and you, you know, you, you do stuff in a, in, I guess in an orderly fashion. And what they're doing here is you just see them, someone's bringing a chair and someone's putting it uh, like a little uh, yeah, table on. It's very ad hoc. <laughs> yes. Just like armfuls of clothing, you know, just sort of like they just looked around and in 10 minutes grabbed everything they could carry and that was moving. That's right. Like, is that how they did that? That's right. I mean, oh, you okay. even see George. I mean, if George is carrying a box that has, I think, a duck in it. I, I'm not sure if that's a duck or a, okay. a swan or a chicken I, I'm no, or a rooster even. I, I don't even know. I don't think it's a rooster. But. It, there's some sure. well yeah you don't want to rent those that that's one that they own so like, yeah. unlike the house that's that's probably their property to to keep well no, it, it actually makes sense that. because you can just see from that and we'll again we'll get more into this tomorrow but they probably you know mm-hmm. have their own uh hen you know laying eggs for them so that they you know have have eggs they're, you know they're, he's he's Definitely. paying uh rent again tomorrow we'll find out where he's paying this rent uh, or where he was living up until mm-hmm. now, but I mean, it it all really fits in together by saying, okay, these are people that are that are trying to scrape by as much as they can, and George and the building and loan have actually helped them to move one step further. Yes, and it's a very, which is a very American ideal. Yes. I think that's mm-hmm. being projected yes. here. This is this is the American dream, and this this large. is the American dream, before, you know, uh, of of what's going on. I mean, this is still 1934, 1935, something like that, where this is happening. Also, 
know, this is in the middle of the depression. That here yeah. is this this yeah, exactly. immigrant. Okay, we can assume that Martini is an immigrant based on the way he sounds. Uh, you know, not not to not to put labels, but that's that is what what it seems like. And here he's mm-hmm. you know through the help of the building and loan, or through the help of George. We we don't know specifically. We can assume it's the building and loan, but through the help of George, he's actually able to move into his own house. You know, which which is great. Absolutely right. And I know we're going to talk about the moving more tomorrow, but just before we leave this gentleman, I did want to talk about the the older gentleman who's asking Martini about the new house, just because his look that he's got in this scene, the leather jacket and the jeans and the hat and everything like that's uh, he's a fashion icon for me. Like That is <laughs> how I like to dress. And he's really doing it. So, yeah, Dust Bowl septuagenarian, that's my style. And I'm sticking with it. Well, it looks like... Uh, Every time I see someone dressed like that, I immediately think, oh, Justin's going to want to talk about this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look at that jacket. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Every time. Well, I mean, he, he looks to me somewhat like Indiana Jones with the way that he's dressed. That's, that's kind of my style, man. That's that's what I go for. I like it. <laughs> so you're you're yeah. He's ready. He's ready to capture an idol and uh you know punch a fascist in the face for sure. There you go. There you go. Even though he has probably no idea yeah. what a fascist is at this time, but not yeah, not at this not point. Probably. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that that's fair. But yeah, it, it, he does look like it. And and you and look at how if you want to talk about. Uh, you know, the, the way that they're dressed, look how Martini is dressed. You know, Martini is dressed like a businessman. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll find yes, out later what type of business he has later in the movie. But, mm-hmm. you know, he, uh, you know, when you're on, when, when you're moving, you usually will put on, uh, you know, uh, clothes that are similar to, to, to your, your Dust Bowl uh, stuffed in Nigerian. <laughs> right. Then, uh, yeah. <laughs> Rather than the uh, rather the double-breasted that's right. woolen suit, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure these people would all be appalled if they saw how we dress today. They would be like, oh, yeah, "That's true. That's probably true." Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I I true. think it also I think they're trying to show us about Martini that you know this might be the the way he dresses all the time, and that he doesn't have money to to buy other types of clothing. You know, he knows that for his work, for his business, he needs to to dress this way. So this is the type of clothes that he he has, you know, spent his money on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that 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 might be something they're trying to tell us here, also, because again, this is a guy who's been renting for however long he's been living there. You know, and and his neighbor is shocked that he's actually able to go afford to buy a house as opposed to be renting one. So it says that Martini is not overly wealthy. So if he's going to spend money on something, so he's going to spend on something that he needs for his business. So therefore, he's going to buy a good suit. Now, again, I don't know if I would be moving in that suit regardless, <laughs> because he's going to get a little dirty along the way. But, oh, well. That's true. <laughs> now, I know that like it's right around here. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, but at some point, it's a very human moment from Giuseppe where he's sort of like, as as soon as the ink is dry on the paper, he's like, this place is a dump. I'm going to my own house. Like, he's very excited about how bad the house is that he's leaving and how nice the new house right. is. Right. Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll get uh, a little more into that. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that that's all I have for uh, for for today's minute. Do you guys have anything else for, for this one? I, don't know, I think that covers it for me. Okay, great. No, I'm just 
really honored that we got to talk about sort of like the namesake moment in this particular minute. <laughs> That's true. That Mary's wow. just wonderful. She is. She really is. Well, you see, you you, you picked well. <laughs> or you got picked well. Yes. Either way you want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was you wished okay, here they go. You wished well and your your wish came true. You you waited waited patiently. Now we must have followed all the rules. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there you go. So every Thursday we have a segment called Jimmy Stewart Thursday, where my guests will give their top five Jimmy Stewart performances. So we're gonna once again do this in snake fashion. Uh, you guys can decide who's gonna go first. You know, we'll go five from one of you, then number five of the second one, then the same person will get four, and then we'll go to the other person's four, and then three. You guys remember how we did this earlier in the week, right? I've got yeah. it figured out. All right, good. I know I struggled with good. it. I, I know you did. That's why I was trying to explain it properly. You know, just to make sure yeah. that you have it it's firmly in your memory. Refresher. We'll see. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. But Do I you think want I'm me ready to start, for Justin? <laughs> yeah, I think you should start, Carolyn. Okay, but we're going from five to our That's right. You one. move your way up from five. Okay, so my number five is um, Jimmy Stewart's performance in Bell, Book, and Candle. Okay. <laughs> because... Yeah. Because he just seemed to be so immune to Kim Novak and how saucy and and wonderful she was <laughs> until she had to use her magic to get Jimmy Stewart to fall in love with her. She had to enchant him. It's craziness. Yeah. It's peak Kim Novak. <laughs> That's it's, it's insanity. Just staring at him, lounging on a couch, and he's just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, he's very good at playing those type of roles because <laughs> this movie is another example of that. Yeah, exactly. That's true. All right. So snake style, it's now my turn for number that five. That is correct. Right? Uh-huh. I've mastered the system. Well, we'll see. The jury's still out. <laughs> Don't uh, worry, you'll have another chance five, tomorrow I, also. So that's good. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Okay. Um I gotta gotta focus here. Gotta do snake fashion properly. Uh so I wanted to do a western, and he was of course in several classic westerns, but I've chosen in Winchester 73 here, if only because the cowboy that he plays in this movie is just kind of cool. And it's rare that you see Jimmy Stewart be legitimately, legitimately a cool guy in any movie. You know, he's usually more complicated or damaged or sort of leading man in a traditional sense, like it's a wonderful life. But Winchester 73, boy, that's a classic dad movie. But you being know, like able to, to some... shoot, shoot, a, shoot a coin, that, that's what you need it for. Oh, so cool, right? Yes. I mean, it's it's just a great, great Western top to bottom, but he is also excellent in it. Um, and then, you know, bonus, of course, is uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. He's a different type of character in that, but another excellent Western. Um, now, now, Snake Style, number four. That's right. I'm going to choose Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which in which I think he's playing a, a character similar to the George Bailey, the sort of, again, heroic American ideal, you know, archetype. And it's just uh, some, some of the more powerful scenes that really hold up in cinema, you know, decades later. Uh, and it's just, a, it's a great performance yeah. all around. Hard recommend. All right. Great. Caroline, you're up. Um, so uh, I'm going to my number four, which I have as rear window which is another example of very confusingly, I do not understand why Jimmy Stewart is just trying 
to not date Grace Kelly. I'm so confused about it, but <laughs> great, great, great movie. Um, again, a great performance by everyone in it. And somehow he is just denying another, like the, one of the most beautiful women ever in the course of history. He's just like, no, we can't date. Because <laughs> she's a princess. And and he doesn't he didn't have proof that he's a prince. I suppose there you go. <laughs> I w- that that would be a reason. There is zero reason within the context of that. Film. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, I I would feel better if it was like, well, I'm not sure about my royal lineage, so I don't know if this will work. I mean, that would be something. This is just I don't know what this is. That's crazy. And she is throwing herself at him in this film, and he's just like, well, well yeah. I, I think he's just scared to you know that to to get involved in an accomplice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're up again with your number three, Carolina. Okay. So my number three is Philadelphia Story. Um, I, I actually really like love all the performances in this film. I think it's so much fun. You know, great cast with Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn um, and Jimmy Stewart. But uh, I think he's very fun and charming um, and sweet in this particular film. So. Okay. And and he won an Oscar for it. So it means you were not the yeah. only person who, who enjoys what he did here. Yeah. All right. And my number three, I'm going to choose Alfred Hitchcock's Rope uh, because I feel like this is a different type of performance that we see from Jimmy, uh, this kind of, I feel like this falls between his like traditional leading man roles, uh, and his later, I can't believe that this woman wants to be my partner roles. This is just somewhere in the middle, like middle age Stuart. And he's just very, uh, he's less of the blatant good guy. And he's just like a much more complicated, uh, philosophical, deep thinking type of character, who catches on to the plot pretty quickly. So it's, I think it's a must see. I think he's great in that film. Okay. Great choice. And, thank you. And then number two, see, I've got to figure it out. Uh, I'm going to choose the spotlight film. It's a wonderful life. Once again, thank you so much for uh, giving me a reason to watch this movie. Very exciting. Loved it. And he is fantastic in this film. And that's, I totally get it. I get the leading man appeal, and this is uh, an excellent version of that. All right. Great. So my number two is also It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, for all the reasons we've talked about in in our few minutes of talking about this movie. Um, and, yeah, it's – I like this one. Big fan of it. Um, in snake fashion, is it – That's you. For, for it's you. One? You get your number okay, one. Okay, great. So excited. Um, so this is also my, like, I'm a little biased on this one. So people can totally argue whether this is, you know, the best Jimmy Stewart. But uh, my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie is Vertigo. Um, and because he, it's just such a multi-layered performance uh, from him. I mean, it's a great movie. It's visually stunning. It's Hitchcock, all the things. But he, you know, starts out as a really it should be a rather pragmatic, um, hard-boiled, you know, law enforcement officer. And yet he's struggling with 
um, a phobia like vertigo for a really legitimate reason. Um, and his relationship with uh, Midge and kind of their banter at, and sort of, you know, what comes over him with Kim Novak's character uh, in both of her forms. So, um, yeah, I just think that he, like, they're just, even that moment where he's sitting there in the courtroom um, being sort of blasted by the judge for, or judged by the judge uh, for, <laughs> and, and he's just sitting there and he has this look on his face like, what? I mean, I just think he has a lot of layers in this, in this particular film that he goes from being funny and charming to like really disturbed <laughs> and it's believable. So well, because yeah. he's so clueless in every movie. So there were, it makes it more, more believable. <laughs> so this one, I was kind of like, wow, okay. Here it works. Yeah. Kind of showed off his range. Yes. And my number one, uh, again, independent, independently decided, of course, but also vertigo. He's just so damaged in this movie. And I, and I hate to see it, but I also, I love to see it because he does it really well. Um, you know, he's, this is a man dealing with, several layers of trauma and he is performing all of those layers uh, as they start stacking up and it's just really impressive it's an incredible performance by him so that's the one and he's frightening when he's like pushing her up the stairs oh yeah the meltdown is is truly truly insane which Um, is powerful for someone you're like oh it's jimmy stewart he's so cuddly or like you know he's just such a good guy and for him to actually be like wow okay that'd be frightening you are frightening me right now. It's yeah, big. he's borderline Heath Ledger in, as the Joker. I mean, it's it's very <laughs> yeah. intense. It's an all-consuming performance. So, Shing, it's a, it's yeah, unfortunate he was no longer alive in 2008 to have taken on the role of the Joker. Oh, I would really Actually, be curious to see really. that. <laughs> I've never I, done that dream casting, but I'm curious. I, I, I would feel like, like he could have done it based on the performance in Vertigo. I think he could have been really... Like, he might have gotten really into that. Like, just, like, you know, remove any barriers of having to be a specific type. Right, that's true. But I, yeah. I think I think his his generation's Batman was, you know, Cesar Romero. So, <laughs> a little difficult. <laughs> right, very different. Incredible. You know, so evil and wicked a bad guy that he refused to shave his mustache. No, we must just paint that's over right. it. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> well, we weren't in the, um, you know, morally ambiguous main character era of a post-fractured right. network viewing audience. The, the anti-hero, <laughs> yes. True. The anti-hero. That is All right, great. Thank you very much for those lists, guys. Would you like to once again tell people where they can find you guys? Absolutely. Uh, Our show is called Old Movie Time Machine. You can find us on all the usual podcasting platforms. We're available there for you to listen to. Also on YouTube as well. And please follow us on the Instagram at Time Machine Podcasts. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So you guys feel like come back in tomorrow to finishing off this week? Tomorrow. Let me just check my day planner. Yeah, I, I, could, I could do tomorrow. Okay. Let's do All right. it. Excellent. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.